Husker Half Hour back today with a Wednesday grab bag episode. We got some good questions loaded up from you guys, the listeners. Uh, totally real people out there sending in these questions. Hope you enjoy. Uh, stick around. Also, follow us on Twitter. Let's do this thing. First up, we got a we got a great wait, wait. What, what, what? before we get into this. Let's thank all you guys out there listening who have hey. sent in questions. Thank you. We have them all thank printed you. out. Yeah, uh, we received some by handwritten mail. And thank you, live studio audience, for your live submissions. Live submissions. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> writing them on on post-it notes and, and passing, and, them, and forward. passing <laughs> them forward to us. So uh, that's that's what's special this week. We got the live studio audience with their questions. So. Without further ado, let's reach in the sack. And Elijah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna make a little a little jingle for the mail sack. So um, <laughs> here, reaching in your sack, reaching in your sack, reaching in the sack and grabbing some mail. Yeah. All right, let's look here. That is a large sounding sticky note. Also, I think that that could use a little refining that song. Um, no, <laughs> maybe that's, next week. That's maybe. the that's the final cut right there. Um, <laughs> so first question here comes from Dylan from Lincoln, Nebraska. Dylan mm. asks, "Hey Ben and Elijah, love listening to the show. Well, thank you. Uh, um, this is my my second week listening, and really wanted to get it on the mail sack." Um, he says, "Scott Frost." said in the post-game interview that Nebraska is just an okay team. How do you feel like that affects the players' mentality when they hear their head coach saying things like that? Thanks so much, Dylan. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Dylan. Uh, <laughs> what a gentleman. <laughs> How nice was he? Yeah. Didn't even know we are going to answer this live. Oh, we've got the best fans. We really do. Thank you, Dylan. Um, and this has been something you've seen all over Twitter, was Scott Frost did say that this Nebraska team right now to him looks just okay. And... <sighs> I wish I could tell you how how that could affect the team. Um, I mean, you, you never want to hear as a player. They they know, but you don't want to hear your your head coach almost sound like he's giving up on you. And, and that's I I got some of that sound from Scott Frost. That it almost sounded like, well, this team right now we have is just okay, and I've done what I can. But they're just okay, and they're not gonna be good until they want to be better than just okay. Mm-hmm. Which he was trying to use it as a challenge, I think, and I, I have to imagine that's how he's using it with the team is when are you guys going to decide that you're not going to just be okay? But to me, it felt like as I was listening to him say that... It felt like a dig at the upperclassmen. It felt like a, uh, dig, at the, a, a dig at the guys that he inherited. Hmm. It felt like that he inherited a group of guys that were content with playing at Nebraska and being a just okay team at Nebraska. That's the vibe I got, and I, I hope that the team didn't take it the wrong way. Uh, it said Scott Frost, or Scott Frost said that he did chew the guys on Saturday, and he got them a little bit on Monday. But then they also had some apologies both ways. Scott Frost said, "Sorry guys, I was hard on you on Saturday. I was disappointed in that." And the players said, "We're disappointed in the loss too," mm-hmm. and that there was some reconciliation there. So you hope that things got cleared up. But I also felt 
very much so like that Scott Frost was saying, well, I can't wait to get my guys in here because the guys that I have playing that I inherited are content with being just okay. Hmm, like you feel as though if you were an upperclassman playing on the team, you might feel that way. You might feel like, yeah. You, yeah. Um, I felt like it was almost like him saying, I know what you guys are thinking. You're thinking we're just an okay team. You're right. We're just an okay team. It felt almost like he was finally admitting that. Like it, fit, it feels like everyone's been saying that for a while. Then diehard Husker fans are arguing with him saying we're better than an okay team. Uh, and I think it was almost like Scott Frost and the coaching staff admitting like we're an okay team. And that's like the expectations we have right now. Almost, you know, it, I mean, listen to what Scott Frost said in the, uh, the post game where he was asked, basically you said before the year that you thought the culture was improved this year. And you thought you had a good culture this year. And he basically said, I did at the time think that. And now I realize that um, there's more to the culture than what I had instilled and just, just take a listen. I was really pleased with the culture of this team because we weren't doing any. The kids were doing everything we asked them to do. Uh, sip, they were doing everything we asked them to do. But, but like I said, I think this week or last week, there's a difference between doing it because we tell them to do it and doing it because they want to be great. And I, I think we still have, you know, some kind of ratio on one side and the other of that fence right now. I, I, you know, I, I told them in the locker room, just okay never existed in a locker room that I was in when I was in Nebraska because you were you you were expected to uh, live up to a standard. Our guys are, are doing the right things, you know, which is a big improvement from last year. Um, but I want guys that live and die for it and want to be great and and are tough. I don't want guys that go out in Minnesota with hoodies on and everything for warm-ups. Um, th that just says to me that just okay is enough. You know, I'm a little cold, so I'm going to come ha out here like that. Um, you got ridiculed or beat up when I was playing if you did that. And we got to keep getting tougher. We uh, we got to get, keep getting more talent in here, and we got to keep working. And we're just okay right now. I'm not going to be happy with just okay. So you can hear him there um, essentially say, yeah, over the the summer, they did everything we asked of them. Mm -hmm. And that's what it took last year. It was last year the guys, they had so little culture that Frost had to go in and tell them, this is what you need to do to have, be a good culture. And Frost is now just saying, just listening to me and just doing what I say is going to give you an okay team with an okay culture. In that it comes down to the team. The team has to have a drive to be great. Mm -hmm. That the, the, having a great culture, it's if you just listen to the coach, you can have an all right culture you can have a even to good culture and you can have some okay to good teams, but to have a great culture, you need to have that self-motivation that you're going to do what it takes. And you're going to go out in that field and you're going to want to be the MVP and every single play, you're going to want to line up from that guy across from you and say, I'm going to be a dominant force here. And that, that takes some internal drive. And Scott Frost is saying, yeah, the culture is moving in the right direction. I said that preseason. I liked where the team's culture was at because they were listening to me. Um, now it's time for this team to stop just listening to me and it's time for them to take that next step and to find that self-motivation to be great. Yeah, it'll be definitely interesting, Dylan, looking as we as we go into the next couple weeks. How do the players respond from this? What's the rhetoric coming out of this? Um, I think like I think the comments could be taken either way and we'll see if it ends up being a positive or a negative. Uh, only the future will tell. So thanks so much, Dylan, for the question. Moving on now, Reaching in the sack, reach, reaching in your sack, reaching in your sack and grabbing your mail. Yeah. Uh, it's still next, so bad, next Ben. Ma sorry. Next, mail, next mail sack question is uh, from L Lucinda. That's um, the most made-up name I've ever heard. <laughs> no, Lucinda says... Where's Lucinda from? Hello. Uh, 
she Lucinda's from um, Florida. She must be a, like one of those old retirees types that migrates in the winter months, and it's getting cold. Oh, we're we're recording as it's as the snow is falling in Lincoln. So uh, that reminds me that it's cold, and Lucinda must travel. She must be down there already in Florida. Mm, she's and, probably one of those people who hangs up like the uh, Floridians for Nebraska signs. Exactly. That, uh, yep, yep. 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 Florida alums. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Hi. Ben and Elijah, I'm Lucinda, and I... Stop the accent, it's terrible. <laughs> I'm trying to get in character. I, I is... understand that she's an old lady, Ben, from Florida. Okay, fine, I'll just read it like in my normal voice then. Thanks for crushing my dreams. I thought it was fun. Okay, Lucinda in Florida asks, Ben and Elijah, a lot of people have been saying that it's vital for Nebraska to make a bowl game. At this point, I don't really care, because we haven't made the Big Ten Championship. That's out of the question. Uh, why do I care about a bowl game? Well, Lucinda, first off, if you are as old as Ben's accent would lead me to believe, uh, I respect you and appreciate you for finding our podcast. I know technology is probably very difficult for you. Uh, so thank you for that. Maybe she's um, a grandson or a, a, a great grandson. Maybe she's not too. old. Most people don't include their age in their email. Her name's Lucinda. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fair point. Uh, this is her actual not made up name. Here we go. But yeah, let, let's... Uh, Let's talk about that because that is actually a very good question. And really, it's vital for a team to be able to get bowl game experience. And yeah, it's vital to be able to go get competitiveness against a team that's probably going to be a really good matchup against you. You get to go to a fun place. You get some experience. But even more important than that is that teams who do not make a bowl game have to finish practicing uh, before their last game, essentially at the end of November. If Nebraska doesn't make a bowl game, their last practice will be the Friday walkthrough before they play Iowa. And then as soon as they lose that game, you're done for the year. But if you make a bowl game, you'll take a, a break through the conference championship game, and then you'll come back and you'll get bowl preparation practices, which is essentially three weeks of free practice that you don't get if you don't make a bowl game. It's essentially another spring session of practices because spring is what, 25 practices, 24 practices? Yeah, something around there, yep. Um, so you're essentially getting another round of that except in December before you go play a bowl game. So while some of that will be spent focusing on your bowl game opponent, you get a lot of just general practice time where you get to improve as a team. You get to get better. A lot of guys who are freshmen who uh, may have been stuck on practice squad and kind of been getting beat up all year, they get some time to recover, come back, and uh, and guys can be more physical for those couple weeks before you have to tone it down. So it's a very vital couple weeks of practice. So across the board, that's true of any team. Um, Elijah, that they get additional practice time before the bowl game. Specifically for this Nebraska team, I think the word you chose was vital. It's important as a culture shift, as we talk so much this week about culture, I think that's going to be that's going to be in every single newspaper, every single podcast, every single radio show. Culture is going to be the buzzword for the week. And as we talk about the culture shift of Nebraska this week, for us to make a bowl game, it's huge for those freshmen, sophomores, those new Frost era recruits to make a bowl game and have that be the new culture and identity going forward, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the players at the top now, we're in a system where you don't make a bowl game one year and you realize, oh, it's kind of nice to be home for Christmas. Or like, <laughs> oh, actually, it's not, it's not that big of a deal when we don't make a bowl. Well, Coach Riley still takes us out to ice cream. Yeah. So. <laughs> Did he do that? No. Oh. Maybe. Who knows? Would you put not it past candy? him? <laughs> no, 100% not. Yeah. He's he, He's got to be a weird – he's got to be a weird turtle Sunday kind of guy, like pecans and hot fudge. That's a Mike Riley ice cream right there. Well, definitely, he's definitely eats the coffee flavored ice cream though. <laughs> like, 
I, and I don't mind coffee flavored ice cream, but he has that's, it every single time. That's way too exciting for him. There's no way. <laughs> He's got to have something real plain. Vanilla bean. Vanilla bean minus the bean. <laughs> Low fat yogurt. <laughs> it's Froyo. Yeah. Let's, he drives a Prius. He eats Froyo. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, no, yeah, but the, there's players at the top who have become accustomed to not making it to a bowl game. And as the culture shifts in the direction we want it to be, it's important for this team to make a bowl game and make that the new identity going forward. And to understand that. Yeah, we made a bowl game this year. We're not stopping at just making a bowl game next year. Right. So I think the the goal for teams should never just be, oh, let's just make a bowl. Uh, with that being said, though, it's important you go get that bowl, extra practices, get some more time with your teammates, you get more time for the young guys, uh, and it helps build that culture. So all in all, pretty vital to make a bowl game. There's a letter I've set aside, a question set aside, Elijah, from the live studio audience. <laughs> Well, I've set aside a sticky note. Um, someone asks about uh, Nebraska going bowling. We'll save that for the final question. Um, I know that's a thought coming out of this one. But we got some other questions to get to first. Elijah, do you want to read the next mail? Well, I'm going to need to reach in the bag. Can, can you hand me the bag real quick? Yep. Uh, Let's see. This one is from Thomas. Thomas is from Iowa City. Thomas, can I call you Tom? We're going to call you Tom, Tom. Right, perfect. Uh, he is from Iowa City, though, and he asks, as we approach the end of the season. <laughs> you, know what, you know what I love is how far spread our Husker fan base is in every single mailbag. They're all over the place. Yeah, it's almost like we're just thinking of random cities and saying them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Tom, Tom, Tommy in Iowa City asks Elijah, what do you ask? Uh, let's see if I can read it. Um... Tom asks about the red shirts, and as we approach the end of the season, uh, how vital is it to keep our red shirts, and uh, at what point do we start playing upper or underclassmen? Uh, he, it's a long-winded letter here. I'm just trying to summarize. Just abbreviate it. Uh, kind of talks about uh, McCaffrey. He also wrote it in cursive, so I can understand if it's hard for you to read. Who writes in cursive anymore? Maybe Tom's also old. No, <laughs> <In> Iowa City. <laughs> um, sorry that you live in Iowa City, Tom. Uh, but then he, he goes on to talk about McCaffrey. Uh, playing on Saturday says he was impressed by him mm -hmm. and wants to know at what point do the other underclassmen start playing? Yeah, that's a great question, Tom. Um, I don't know if any of us can really truly answer that. We can all speculate. I can give my opinion, which is that I think underclassmen should be getting way more shots, especially with the way the season looks right now. We're in such a tough spot where we need two wins and no matter how we get those, but also at what point do we get to the, the spot as a team where it doesn't matter anymore? It's like, get those guys some experience. Like that's what we're building on going into the future. Like get those guys out there, get them experiencing big 10 play. Um, you know, like give the future, like at what point does it become an investment for the future of this team rather than this season? Like mm -hmm. how much does Scott and the coaching staff look forward into future seasons and understand that, while they might not be physically as ready as the upperclassmen to be out there on the field, um, how much mentally do they bring a spark like McCaffrey on Saturday? Physically looking at him, he's definitely not as beefy as the other quarterbacks, right? You can tell that he hasn't had as much time uh, under Duvall. Oh, yeah, he's built like a young tree. Yeah. <laughs> a sapling. Yeah. He has the potential for his roots to go deep. But at this point, it's like the one way that that tree survives is not by standing up against the wind. It's by being bendy still. It's like a baby with bendable bones. Like, you know what I'm saying? They, It's more that he's really flexible still rather than that he's like a, a, a beefcake. Are you saying that... We are. We should play him because he is flexible. <laughs> <laughs> because 
because Luke McCaffrey, yeah. he gets hit, he bends, bends around the defender. <laughs> Therefore, yeah. he won't get hurt. Oh, wait. That's why he's so elusive. <laughs> yeah. He did get hurt. <laughs> uh, did he get hurt? Yeah. Oh, yeah, duh. Yeah, he came out. That's why Bedro came back I'm in. I'm stupid. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so know Luke McCaffrey is bendy, and he I, does not get hurt, hurt except when he does. does. You heard <laughs> it here first from Ben Herbal. <laughs> um, so, anyway, I think, yeah, that's kind of the question for me, Elijah, is how much of it is an investment into the future seasons. Uh, get those guys some experience. Yeah. Why not? I, I think we, what you're trying to say here is, yeah, uh, please uh, help uh, me. Please. <laughs> a, a tree doesn't get stronger by being in a perfectly enclosed environment where it doesn't experience any wind. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Thank you. Oh, Thank my you. gosh. What, what a tree thinks... does not become a tree in a greenhouse. No, a tree becomes a tree by getting out in the wilderness, growing up, dealing with some wind, yeah. dealing with like a bear scratching on a little yeah, bit. Yeah, there's some squirrels up in there. It's building mm-hmm. some nests. There's like a, a buckeye tree right next door that's taking up all the sunlight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a badger burrowing underneath its roots. Yeah, there's a lot of terrible things. There's a gopher in the tree. <laughs> this is a perfect this analogy. <laughs> Why is everything so related to nature in the Big Ten? Um, because we Ag are... Ag schools. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's a train that has come through. Yeah. And it has really just the put tra- a lot of black smoke. Uh-huh. The other, boilers. Other trees have been chopped down and turned into railroad ties. Ooh, yep. yeah. yeah. There it is. That was really good. Thank you. I'm no, I don't want to have my hand. Okay. Um, but essentially, that's what you're trying to say. Wow. Maybe that I should clip that. That'd be good on SoundCloud. I'm gonna put Damn. That, that segment on SoundCloud. Damn. But a, a tree doesn't get stronger. Yeah. By being protected, a tree gets stronger by going out and getting experience. And yes, you do want some time where you want the to plant the seed and let the the seed sprout and grow. Yeah. A little bit. You got to You start the tree in the in the nursery in the Campbell's nursery. But at some point, you have to take that jump and you got to move the tree outside. And that's what it's coming to with these freshmen is some of them got to go out and show I have what it takes to go stand up against the wind Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to get a chance to stand up against the wind unless I get to experience the wind in some small doses. Right. (laughs) So it's time for guys like Shaquem Green, um, guys like Ramir Johnson, where you gotta be able to trust your recruiting and know that we got to go get them out there against some tougher competition to get them acclimated to the big 10 weather essentially Mm -hmm. to get them acclimated to what the big 10 is going to be like so they can come in next year and know what it's going to take and know how much effort they're going to have to give on every single play to just to know how much effort they're going to have to give over the summer Mm -hmm. and the time is now to get those guys in there we're four and four um there's four games left there's a lot of guys who haven't even played in a game yet this year who you can get them some play time and you can see who is going to go out there and stand up so if only there wasn't bowl eligibility riding on the line if only we had like secure bowl eligibility at this point this would be a much safer question for us to be broaching and i think that's why the indiana loss was was so significant because now we have to go win at purdue and we have to go win at maryland yep because we're not going to win at home against wisconsin i'm sorry to break it to husker fans we're not i think most of you guys already know that and i don't think we're going to win at home to iowa either yeah it would i mean you never know just because Nebraska-Iowa rivalry, quote-unquote. But right now, it seems like Iowa cares a lot more about that rivalry, and I think they're going to want to come into town and say, just because you have this new fancy head coach, we're not going to let you beat us. Right. We're not even the our best at our best this year, and we're still not going to let you beat us. I was thinking about that earlier. I know this isn't off of a mailbag question, but now that we're rambling, um, can this team get a signature win this season? And like no. the, the only way I see that is if we, if we show up against Iowa. Uh-huh. If we, like, by the end of the season... Uh, even if we even if we were going in if we only get one win from Purdue uh or um Maryland um and we go into the Iowa game we only get one game there and that's bowl eligibility that'd be pretty fun it mm. my butt cheeks would be very clenched the whole game but can we get a signature win the rest of the season you immediately said no i 
Well, I think the difference between last year and this year. Last year, I think the team could have gotten a signature win mm-hmm. because teams saw, oh, this team is 0-6. The game plan is just go out and let them shoot, shoot themselves in the foot, essentially. Mm-hmm. That was the game plan last year. By the end of the year, we, we got it figured out. And we said, we stopped shooting ourselves in the foot. We scored some points. And we let our offense keep us in the game. Mm-hmm. This year, it's there is a game plan, and that's to go out there and make the defense stop you, essentially. And you can take some chances against this defense because you know that the offense isn't going to beat you uh, as long as you just don't blitz and you, you play some base defense and you uh, you don't get too aggressive against this team. You can allow them to get yards against you because eventually it's the same thing as last year. The offense is going to shoot itself in the foot and eventually the defense is going to break. And, and that's what it is with the team this year. So I think every team has a game plan. Mm-hmm. And I mean, look at Indiana. They saw that Northwestern could beat us with a short pass. They saw that uh, Minnesota could beat us with an outside zone. And they're like, well, we'll find out early which one we can do. And they figured out really early that we were susceptible to a short pass. And I think any team that's got a good short passing attack from here on out is going to exploit the living hell out of that all year. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we get a signature win because I think teams know enough ways to beat us. Yeah. Well, let's just go ahead and segue that into that sticky note I say from the studio audience. That wasn't as enthusiastic that time from the studio right. audience. One more time. Give it a chance. Three, two, one. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, too kind. Too kind. Too kind. I wish all those people followed us on our social media. Dude, <laughs> I think that chick just flashed you. Really? Yeah. Don't look. One time thing. Which one? Um, no. I'm not going to rat her out like that. Um, anyway, so <laughs> I think it was a dude. <laughs> that was definitely a dude. That was I'm, a penis. I'm so sorry, sir. <laughs> Very misinterpreted that. <laughs> that dude just flashed. He you. unzipped his pants. <laughs> <laughs> he had a sharpie. I think he wanted him, he wanted you to sign sign him. <laughs> wow, I'm honestly pretty complimented at this point. <laughs> oh, let's move on. Anyway, um, so uh, speaking of that, st- the sticky note, <laughs> Elijah, um, and what we were just talking about. What is the path? Uh, sorry, I guess I should read the question first. Oh, uh, sorry, the sticky notes right here. Mm-hmm. That was the sound of a sticky note somehow. <laughs> um, so ben, I don't think you actually have a sticky note there. <laughs> no, I have a sticky note. I'm reading it. Um, this one, it's it's yellow. It's mm. a yellow sticky note. Um, and normal sticky note sized. Um, oh, thank you. There it is. So <laughs> thank you. The, you had it the whole time. No, well, it was I dropped it, <laughs> and you picked it up for me. You're welcome. So thanks, dude. The sticky note says, "Hey, Ben, Elijah." What do you think the path is to six and six on the season? You were just, you were just touching on. Well, it. I, the key is now we know is you know you're not going to beat Wisconsin. You know you're not going to beat Iowa. I mean, you, you got to plan on those, which means that you need to go up there and have a hell of a game against Purdue. You need to go to have a hell of a game against Maryland. Mm-hmm. Purdue, we're going in as the away favorite. They're uh, Purdue's home underdogs to us. We're three and a half point favorites. Uh, that may have changed since last time I checked. Last I checked, it was three and a half. Um, Meaning that we should be able to go in there and get a win. Purdue is injury riddled. They're not having a great year this year. Their best player, Rondell Moore, is out hurt. Um, we're going to get into that Purdue preview later in this week. I don't want to spoil it. I want to keep it fresh for all you guys because I know that there's some people out there who listen to every single one of our episodes. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I know you're on the edge of your seat waiting for this Purdue preview. Uh, but it, it becomes vital to go up there and get a win. Purdue's not going to have the home support. That's not who Purdue is. Uh, you're essentially going to be playing in front of a neutral to home crowd. <laughs> More like Perdon. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway. Did they beat us last year? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, Purdue isn't the same team they were last year. Uh, new quarterback. 
and uh, some different pieces around. And they have a culture, though, uh, a culture that's somewhere around ours right now in that they are building something. Jeff Brom has a good program there. It's not going to be a cakewalk victory. Uh, I know Nebraska fans kind of hoped it would be based on what their record is and how they played against Illinois last week. I hate to break it to you. It's not going to be a cakewalk game. Uh, Nebraska's going to have to go fight for that, and this is their chance to go prove uh, that they need or that they're they're wanting to be in a bowl game, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's their chance to go prove that this season's not a loss for us, that we, we want to salvage something from it. So if Nebraska comes out flat against Purdue, I think that's a big sign that uh, the senior class, it, it's time for them to go. It's, it's This is the chance, the last chance for the the senior class to endear themselves to Husker Nation, I guess, to say, I know that this season hasn't been what everybody's expected, but we're going to go out and fight and we're going to go make a bowl and we're going to salvage that for ourselves because it's, it's a pride thing, I guess. So look for that, and then they, you're also going to have to weather the storm against Wisconsin. Hope you don't get hurt too bad, so you can turn around and go play at uh, Maryland. Are you to- you're totally writing off any conversation of us even challenging Wisconsin? I don't want to count anything out with Nebraska's home crowd, mm-hmm. but I see a team that is very good that has beaten some good teams and played. Ohio State pretty close for a half. Ohio State wore them down, I think, by the second half, mm-hmm. and Ohio State kind of showed their class. But right. Wisconsin hung with them for the entire first half, mm-hmm. and Nebraska couldn't even do that. Right. Was- Nebraska looked completely outmatched by Ohio State, which makes me think that we're probably going to look pretty outmatched by Wisconsin, especially whenever they can run the exact same play over and over again, a la uh, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even that Illinois upset, a lot of that was because Illinois hung around long enough and then was on the the positive end of of fumbles interceptions um maybe poor play calling from wisconsin right they chance like, they hung around long enough for a clean ish game to go their way yeah and that's something that nebraska hasn't proved that they can do this season is have a clean ish game have enough heart to just hang around i right. guess hang around when, when things yeah. aren't going your way to have enough heart to hang around right um so so we're, i don't want to have wisconsin husker half hour is not predicting a shocker from Nebraska. I guess we'll see what happens this weekend at Purdue and we'll see how we feel going into Wisconsin. Right, That's at, more of a question for the for the Wisconsin preview. Based week. off of last Saturday. But based off what I've seen right now, unless something changes, uh I don't even think Nebraska makes a bowl unless something changes. They have to go show me against Purdue mm-hmm. that they want to. They they have the drive to go out there and make a bowl. And if they can show that, then maybe they can change my mind. But as of right now, I think the odds are stacked against us in terms of just making a bowl. Right now five and seven seems like the most likely. Hmm. So Husker Nation, uh We'll kind of talk about that a little more in the preview this week. Let's get on to the last question before we go. Ben, you got the question there? Yep. Uh, let me re- reach it in the sack. Reach it in the sack. Reach it in the sack and grab your mail. Yeah. Um, the question, final question comes from... This is the one that was from Ed down in Louisiana, correct? Well, prickle. I just spoiler alert. I was going to read that. Well, this is the one that we, we had one... This, I'm sorry. Do you want to read it? Do you want the, do you want the mail? No, you can have it. Do you it. want the mail, Elijah? No, you can have it. Who's reading it, Elijah? Who's reading this mail? I said you could have it. Who's reading it? I got it. Okay, fine. You got it. <laughs> Ed asks... Oh, wow. Every single O is replaced by an E-A-U-X. <laughs> How does this work? Uh, he asks, is this a lost? <laughs> uh, Ed asks, is this a lost season for Nebraska based on the expectations going into it? Go Tigers, Ed. Screw you, Ed. Yeah, you don't, why do you even care about our season? <laughs> uh, interesting question, though, Ed, and let's get into it very briefly before we go. Yep. Uh, Ed, I'll say no, but yes. <laughs> um, is this a lost season in terms of what 
has been accomplished in terms of realizing what some some mistakes were made, mm-hmm. uh, what guys need to improve on. Uh, no, uh, I think a lot of lessons were learned this season in terms of where the team was at the beginning of the year to kind of being humbled throughout the year and realize, okay, it's time to go back and work harder than ever. Um, so no, it's not a lost season in that sense. Uh, but for the fans, is this a lost season? Oh, hell yes, it is. Mm-hmm. The fans, I wake up on Saturday morning and I go, oh, oh I don't want to watch. Day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, and I'm sad that we're getting to the end of the season, but at the same time, I'm already looking ahead to next year. Yeah. So um, obviously I'm showing up every single week and giving you guys the best podcast that Husker Sports mm-hmm. uh, has out there. Uh, so I care about that, but I don't want to remember this season. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to look back on this season and go, oh, remember whenever we blew a lead against Colorado and then we got blown out after college game day against Ohio State and then we lost on the road to Minnesota and then we blew it at home to Indiana. No, all these things I w- would much rather we just forgot about completely yeah. and it really takes moved the on hype. from. It really takes the hype away. It really takes the hype of the season. The 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 joy, maybe? I don't know. It. I, we all we all as Husker Nation just have high such high expectations and had such high expectations. It, it's uh, it's less expectations and more hope. Mm. You go into the season, it's not. Oh, I'm expecting us to do well. It's oh, maybe we we can maybe this is the season. So also a bit of that humble pie of man, we all big dicked around at the beginning of the season a little bit with everything going in. I think we were all pretty proud talking to our coworkers that are Iowa fans or whoever <laughs> it is about how great Nebraska is going to be this season. Uh, and it's humbling for us to, to be in a place of not where we thought we were, just being an okay team. That's, that's a little piece of humble pie for all of Husker nation. Um, and a lot of excitement and um, hope placed on the future still within two years, new facilities coming in. Some of these players that are younger, I, that's, that's not a loss for me. I think to see like the, the continued recruitment from the frost era, like some of those players, fitting into the system now, like that's not lost for me to see Wandale out there getting experience and showing me that he's going to be a stud next year, the year to come for Adrian to be out there getting more experience. And even for him dealing with the not meeting preseason expectations, like that's, that's growing those younger players. Mm -hmm. And I think that's not a loss for us, but you're right as a fan experiencing this season. Yeah. No, no, nobody likes to be disappointed. Right. Nobody likes to be disappointed, but at times you have to be able to to move on, turn the page, and say that sucked. Uh, let's move on and let's never open that chapter ever again. Right. So uh, the the players need the season, not a lost season for them, but for fans, yes. Hey, that's we didn't start off the season without a win, so in progress, that's good, right? Yeah. Progress compared to last season. There you go. It's progress. Thank you, Ed from Louisiana. Yeah. That's all we have time for today the on the Husker sack Half Hour. Has been emptied. And we are done until it is refilled next week. Until then, Husker Nation. We'll see you on the on the flip side. For me and Elijah. Sayonara. 